heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. The one thing I see within our youth and the school system and the indoctrination we talk about all the time is that the more you give in and the more you give and give and give, well, the more they take and take and take and the more they want and then the more they demand. And this is, I think, the premise for an upside-down world. And a lot of you can relate to me. And, you know, when you push back even a little bit, as an example, and and I think you agree with me on this, just even with your opinion or your thoughts on whatever the topic is with with, with our youth and the generation and this whole transgenderism and sex change operation and all of this stuff, you know, whatever, you are called out. You're called all kinds of names, uh, and your ridicule. You you become the 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 story more than the story itself. It's such a weird weird juxtaposition of conversations that we're having today. I, I for me personally, you know, and I think a lot of you probably would agree to say that you know how anybody lives their life is surely their business. I, I don't think we need to make it all our business. In fact, quite frankly, it's become a, a national soap opera. Really, that's what I'd call this thing, a national soap opera. That's what this has become. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Uh, there's stuff that's put out there. And, you know, a lot of the problems we're having, friends, it, it, it goes back. You can you can keep turning the channel and keeping your head in the sand or act like an ostrich all day long. But I got to tell you what, I'm going to come back to this indoctrination of the kids and this whole uh, push, uh, uh, the sexual I- identification. And it's weird. It's downright weird uh, that we're even having these. It goes against the, the law of physics and uh, the the law of uh, well the law of many things right including the the law of the way God intended things to be and of course eh, you go down that road and you you really start to irritate a lot of people as well but in any event that's part of the conversation today uh, my friends and there's an interesting a developing story as well we'll talk about today and that is the and you'll love this one by the way the Biden administration poised to force insurers to pay for sex changes. Well, isn't that nice? So you'll all be paying for that as well. Uh, So welcome in here to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And uh, always a privilege to be with you, my friends. And um, this is a very interesting dialogue today we will have. All right. So uh, for me, you know, I grew up, as many of you did, we had a simpler time. Uh, we, you know, listen, I mean, we played G.I. Joe's Barbie dolls. That's as close as we got to the whole sex identity thing, right? I mean, we knew what a Barbie doll was. We knew what G.I. Joe was, basically, okay? They weren't having sex change operations at the time, and I didn't hear a lot about transgenderism as a kid. In fact, I knew nothing about it. I never even knew it existed. Uh, call call it what you want. Uh, maybe my naivety, I don't know. But I remember playing with little trucks and cars in the sand and the dirt playing in the woods. And what a simple life that was, huh? Sandlot, ball, the whole thing. Today, not the case at all. It is right, right out there. And what's happening is we're being forced to accept all of this. So, so there's this shift happening. 
And it's not, uh, a lot of people would push back on us, say it's not a good thing uh, in the way that uh, this is being pushed on society. As a real quick example, I'll just tell you right up front here before I bring on Dr. Stephanie Coxon will join us in a moment here. Uh, Before I do that, you know, as a perfect example, I I can't use names for what I share right now, but anyways, so my son, uh, and I'll just leave it at that, so you get a sense it's family kind of tied in, you know, has a friend who is a, um, uh, a girl who thinks she's a boy. And she's changed her name uh, accordingly. Again, I'm not going to share names, but she believes she's a boy. And and because she became more popular in school was the reason I understood or heard or what have you. And, you know, now, growing up as a kid myself, we just would call that sort of thing a tomboy. And it was, that was perfectly legitimate. I mean, what was the difference between that and today somebody wants to have a sex change operation and they transgenderism and then, you know, the political uh, class want to support that. And then they keep pushing this uh, idea. A, a lot of people are confused. And we, well, I've seen studies now where the kids and the young people don't really know who they are. And the problem is they're given choices uh, when they're four, five, six, seven, eight. What do you want to be when you grow up? You want to, you know, that was a question we were asked, but that was more related to, you want to be a fireman, a doctor, a policeman or military or what? Today, it's do you want to be a boy, a girl, a shimmet, a turtle, a frog? What? <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> but that's kind of where we're at, isn't it? Oh, man. Let me bring on Dr. Stephanie Coxon, who wrote a very interesting uh, op-ed, I thought, on this, uh, which you can find on the platform. I'll tell you more about that in a bit here. Uh, Dr. De- Stephanie Coxon is out of the Pennsylvania area. She's a mother of five, medical freedom activist. Uh, she sits on the steering committee for PCIC, Informed Consent PA, uh, and uh, for right-minded women. I like that, right-minded women. Dr. Stephanie Coxon, welcome to the Voice of a Nation. Thank you so much. And let me say, I love the description that we are living in a soap opera. And I think that is so accurate in the way you described what's happening right now in our society. Yeah, I kind of, I really feel that way, uh, Stephanie. I feel that way because uh, we, everybody has a sense that they need to share their business. Now, listen, you can say, I don't really know what's even right or wrong anymore, but back growing up, you know, sure, there were gay people. Sure, there were people who thought different ways and things. I mean, this didn't happen yesterday. In fact, this has been around since the beginning of civilization, uh, back from the garden scene. And uh, surely when they were in the caves as well, I'm certain of all that. And I don't think the pilgrims brought it over here either. This stuff's been going on for humanity. But there was a similar, well, tell me now, hold on. There was a similar time, Stephanie, where you remember this whole term in the closet, right? In the closet? Yep. And it was like, oh, that person's in the closet. And it was, you know, taboo or whatever, you know. You know, I, I got to tell you something. I, this probably isn't going to sound nice, so, although I'm going to try to be a gentleman about it as always. But I kind of miss those days where people kept their personal business in the closets, whatever they were, and uh, whatever it is. And I don't really have an issue or a problem with whatever. I just don't want it jammed down my throat or my kids' throats. And I don't want the kids in this generation being forced to take on these kinds of decisions when they're four, five, six years old. What do you say about that? I say absolutely. I mean, when we were growing up, I never knew whether my teachers were married, <laughs> not married, who they are married to. I did not know their personal life. It was simply education was education. 
And now we have people putting up all sorts of different flags and everything else, you know, just pushing their own agendas within the classroom. And really, it's not the place for it. The place is to learn, you know, history, mathematics, writing, the skills needed to be good um, and, um, you know, accepted within society to be to be productive. Right. And so now we're moving away from that and school is no longer uh, just about education. No, it's, it's become a breeding ground for the lunacy farm. I think the best way I could describe it, uh, Stephanie, it's um, it's beyond anything that I could have imagined. Now, some of these stories and, you know, we started seeing this whole thing. And, you know, I'll I, I tell you truthfully, all right, you've seen the images of the public library, right? Where they're yeah. dra the drag queens and all that. Okay. So we've had shows over the last many years. We've had writers. Some of our writers have talked about it. We've got some pretty, pretty explicit stories out there. And we've had it on radio as well and all of that. And when I first started seeing those stories, you know, I have to tell you truthfully, I thought it was just a one-off. And I really didn't think much about it, I thought, because it was so sort of screwy. The thing it didn't make a lot of sense to me that our libraries would be doing such a thing or that the public education would allow such a thing or that local municipalities would go along with such a thing. And I thought, well, that's just a screwy story. It's like one of those unicorn stories. Boy, that became a mainstream story, didn't it? It sure did. And yeah. and you're right. It doesn't you know, it, I, I agree. I thought the same thing. OK, well, here's just it's a little bit off, whatever. But what we're finding is that it's just progressing into much more than the simple obvious. And so it's becoming actually very psychologically confusing for our children who are still developing. Right. So they're they're forming their opinions. Their brains aren't formed until the age of 25. And so is it 25? I always thought it was 23, but I know it was in the 20s. So. Yeah, it's 25. <laughs> I think is when the last part of the brain kind of finally yeah. becomes an adult and is, is fully developed. Yeah. Um, and so we're really molding opinions rather than letting nature take its course in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think back, you know, it's interesting. I had some Amish families over to my house at one point and you know, they trusted me to allow me to put on a movie for their children. I'm like, oh, goodness, this is nerve wracking. So I got the absolute um, easiest or the, the best movie I thought that their children would be OK with, that the parents would be OK with. And it was right. like Good Dinosaur, right? Not much going on in Good Dinosaur. But yeah, because these kids have never been exposed to to media, whenever the mom of the dinosaur died, all, all of these kids were in tears and just having emotional breakdowns from this movie because they were not desensitized to it like our children are. Mm. And it was really an awakening of what are we doing to our children, whether it's through video games, whether it's through social modeling or, yeah. or through the pornographic images that they're now putting in schools. They are literally desensitizing our children so that things become very normal. And perhaps they shouldn't be because it's not normal. Um, and so we're changing this, the whole structural concept of society by what we're doing. Man, that is well said. I can't top that one. That is well said in the, within the context of society. And um, uh, it, it, it is being pushed on, on on folks, no doubt about that. I want to talk to you about this, uh, the Biden administration. Now, this story, let's get this right up front here. Uh, so this is quite something. So let me read to folks here what's happening. So the Department of Health and Human Services, yeah, that one. So they have moved on to strengthen 
the Obama-era rules that um, will force insurance providers receiving federal funding. See, this is where big government stretches too far and they get involved in things. They This is so against the Constitution, this kind of rubbish. It really should irritate the hell out of everybody because they keep doing this stuff and they keep pushing and that's why they become so Orwellian. So there, anybody who's receiving federal funding, see, this is what I, if you don't go along with them, you're not getting it's a quid pro quo all the way. It's totally illegal, all this nonsense. Um, but to pay for sex change procedures, uh, this was a, a rule change proposal. Now, the rule would expand Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act a ban on sex based discrimination to include gender identity identity sexual orientation pregnancy related conditions including abortion see this is where the marxist left are on the move especially with this whole abortion ruling uh dr stephanie you know with this whole abortion deal and all of that they're they're yeah. trying to slip as much in the cracks as they can to keep their momentum of uh, pushing us off the cliff uh, yeah. Basically, they don't want a constitutional America. Uh, they want an anything goes uh, kind of America. Uh, they want to, they see a different kind of country. What do you think about this forcing insurers to pay for sex change and what they're doing here? Well, I, I think it's disastrous because, first of all, we are not having informed consent when people are getting these these sex changes. We have. Um, a whole host of issues that come about with these sex changes that people simply are not warned about. And so you end up with a lot of emotional distress after the fact because you were not able to make an educated decision. But on top of that, I think it's also opening up other other issues. And by that, I mean, look at California Senate Bill 107. So they are trying to allow minors from other states to come across their state without parental permission to have sex changes. And this federal law will allow those children to do so and then have force these insurance companies to pay for it. But then what happens later on? And it actually goes one step further. So you face the consequences. So an undeveloped brain makes this decision, right, without parental consent. And then it goes one step further and saying, okay, the mom disagrees with this. And the child goes into the hospital with their, you know, starting their puberty blockers and everything else. And now the mom can lose custody of the child because she's like, wait a second, she wants to put a stop to it because she understands that this child is not at a place to make a decision. And so we're really entering into dangerous territory when we are allowed, when we're doing this. And I'd also go on to say, you know, why is this happening? I mean, let's look at females who've had, um, you know, multiple pregnancies, meaning like twins, triplets or whatnot, you know, they may be so they may be emotionally traumatized by their body afterwards, right? Because you get the stretchy skin and all sorts of stuff, but yet their surgeries are, are not covered by insurance. And that's, that's not a choice. And, you know, why is one which is emotion can be emotionally hard for a female not covered where you have this, this other one that is actually dangerous, um, being covered, it, it just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. It really does not make sense. No, and I think your your point of um, that I think a lot of people are seeing where you are allowed as a kid now to make these decisions, as you say, without parental consent. This is a this is a, a development story as well, uh, my fellow Americans. The story we're talking about right now. You're seeing more and more reports of this. I know it's hard to wrap your mind around that that any any institution or any group, what have you, 
could allow a minor, as as you know, Dr. Sevedi's just saying, that doesn't even have a developed brain. I mean, we all have to admit that. I mean, we, we make crazy decisions when we're kids. We do stupid shit because we because that's who we that's are. That's what we do. <laughs> what we do, right? We've all done stupid shit as kids, right? Right. That's and exactly uh, right. I mean, so imagine making a life decision that you're gonna have to live with and all of the repercussions from that is the same. Now you have five kids. How, how old are your children? So my youngest is 10 and my oldest is 23. So it's a, you know, 10, 12, two 21 year olds and a 23 year old. What? You have twins? I do. Yeah. God bless you. I can't believe 10 to 23. And you don't even look like you possibly could have a 23 year old. My golly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm stunned. I thought that you were going to say more like earlier to young. All right. So uh, how did you so let's talk you're a perfect case model for what i want to ask you then All right so the the ones that are on the older side of the spectrum in the 20s 23 what have you that's a different sort of uh process of thinking maybe you've gone through a, what kind of changes have you seen real, real real sincere question now from your oldest children to the 10 year old what what are you seeing well you know as they age they're obviously making better decisions now, I've been very fortunate in that my all of my children have made fairly good decisions in life so far, right? I teach decision-making young to my children. By the age of 12, they already know how to make a good decision. Um, so I'm You mean nobody's had a sex change operation yet? No one's had a sex change operation. Wow. We understand that, uh, you know, in our teenage years, that we've got to learn to make good decisions because it affects the rest of our lives. Um, that, you know, I go back and it's my 20, it was my 23 year old in that story who was, who was prancing around in those princess dresses. Right. And I'm, and I go back and I remember my husband being just so concerned about that. Like, oh my gosh, is, you know, should we be concerned? I'm like, you know what? No, they're experiencing life. They're trying to figure out life. And, you know, you fast forward and here we are and he's married. He's, you know, very happily married. There was never any concern. But yet as a child, you know, as children, you know, what did I want to be as a child? I wanted to be a princess. Um, mm -hmm. At one point, I wanted to be a tomboy because in my little head of a six-year-old, I thought, well, my dad, he didn't get a, he didn't get a son. And I was the second one and they really wanted a son. So I'm going to be tougher. I'm going to do those. I'm going to dig mm -hmm. in the mud. I'm going to play with the boys. And I was like that. And probably until I was 14, 15 years old, wow. I can't imagine had I been encouraged to transition to a boy mm. or my son been encouraged to transition to a girl, what would that actually mean? Because that's not who we were. That's who we wanted to be at that time. I mean, how many little boys do you, you see going around in pirate yeah. costumes, right? Yeah. Are you going to yeah. cut off their leg? Cut, you know, poke well, you bring up a good point, a right? You bring up a great point right there because answer me this as kids, we live and we play in imaginary worlds, don't we? We do. And that's how we learn. It's mm -hmm. all learning. And that's how we're, we're supposed to learn yeah. is through that play. That's what Montessori schools are even based on, because it's such a big dynamic to the childhood process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You wrote a fantastic op-ed on this. I want to tell listeners about right now. And, and then we'll I want to move into a couple of thoughts on that. The title of this is and just think about this, friends. It's a really, it's just the title tells you plenty. Gender assignment diminishes the order of natural law. 
Hmm. That's profound, actually. Think about that. Now, that can be found in a couple of areas, by the way. And go read it if you haven't already and share it out there. But if you go to americaoutloud.com, on the left sidebar, down just a bit here, you'll see an area called Notables. Notables. If you just go down the list of Notables, you'll find that article right on the front page still from Dr. Stephanie Coxon. We have it there to relate, correlate to the show we're doing here today with you. You can also go find more of her writing. She's a terrific writer and always has some fantastic thoughts. If you go into our team and you go down and find Dr. Stephanie Coxon and click on there, you'll get all her pieces. That's right in the nav bar, the menu bar, just as a reference point. Now, this, uh, I want to ask you, you say in this piece, uh, you say here, you can't, and this, this is another profound statement I thought was really hit the mark here. Think about this, friends. You can't own a gun at 18 but you can choose your agenda at four. Hmm. Think about that. Yeah. That's the case, isn't it? It is. And you can't even, you don't even at four, you don't even know how to make your own meal yet. I mean, you cannot, you know, most four-year-olds are not going to be able to get on the stove, make something to survive. And yet you're making life altering decisions that increase your cancer rate, prevent you from having a, a lot of times any sort of feeling sexually later on down the road. So it prevents you from having a personal intimate life. And yet these are things that aren't discussed. Yeah, no, no. You also say um, it, we are living in a world that is psychologically dangerous for children and somehow allows illogical thoughts, processes to dominate our lives, schools, and social circles, where does it stop? Stephanie, what do you think? Where does it stop? You know, <laughs> that's a great question. And that's why I've started to speak out a little bit, because I don't know the answer to that question. You know, it's interesting. If you go back, let's look at the birth control debate by the church back, you know, in the 30s, 40s, and they were screaming, you know, this will lead to promiscuity. This will lead to all sorts of other things. Fast forward forward 80 years or so. And uh, that's what we're dealing with, right? There's no consequences for our actions. Mm -hmm. And those con if there are consequences, then it's somebody else's fault. So we've taken away personal responsibility. We're teaching that everything can be at a whim is all about self. It's not about other, you know, how we impact other people. So we're just teaching all the wrong things that makes for a stable person. And I find that a lot of times these initial arguments that may have been, you know, are that are created at the beginning of a transition end up being very correct. And so we have that birth control where now we do. I mean, I think everyone can, can say, yeah, we have a promiscuity problem within the U.S. But let's fast forward to in the, I, I believe it was the 90s when they were saying, okay, look, if, if, if we allow, um, let's say, gay marriage, or maybe it's the early 2000s, what does that, what does that become? What else are we going to allow? Soon we'll have, and someone made this argument, soon we're going to have people deciding, well, they want to be a cat, right? And everyone kind of laughed, ha, 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 that's, you know, that's, that's really funny. That's never going to happen. But now what do we have? We have, we have some schools, and this is in Pennsylvania, um, you know, kids requesting cat litter boxes because they identify as a cat. And so we have to ask ourselves, wait a second, what is happening here? Because it certainly isn't 
what anyone or what most people think it is. And so we kind of get to that too late stage before we wake up and realize that very initial argument happened to be correct. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You got me thinking, I, my mind was spinning, as you would say, relating to a cat. I've seen those stories uh, where you they want to relate to different things or maybe a pet rock or something. Quite frankly, if I'm going to relate to anything, I'm going to relate to a billionaire maybe. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> no, right? There you go. Let's do that. All right. Let, I want to get, I want to, uh, uh, let me spit this out here, um, not on the microphone, but to listeners to hear. And I want you to think about, I've got a few interesting little, this is how wacky the world is right now and where we're headed. A few little quick case points here. Let me throw out there. And then and and then um, tell me your thoughts back, uh, Stephanie, what you think about the insanity of some of these things. I mean, this is what's happening. This is real life we're talking about here. So, all right, as an example, in New York, so legislation sponsored by State Senator Sambra Brock, a freshman Democrat from Rochester. Uh, so what's happened is this would tie New York's health curriculum to standards written by a left-wing interest group that advocates sex ed for social change and would make these lessons mandatory statewide. And here they are. The group's current standards are public and charter schools would have to teach five-year-olds about gender identity, instruct eight-year-olds on hormone blockers to prevent puberty in transgender-identifying preteens, and kids as young as 11 would get lectures on vaginal, oral, and anal sex, study queer, two-spirit, asexual, pansexual, and other gender identities, and receive explicit instruction on the use of external and internal condoms, dental dams, and other contraceptives. You know, I got to tell you, Stephanie, when when my daughter, when my kids uh, a few years back were, it, it, I didn't pay attention to this world, and they started talking about pansexual and asexual and all these various gender terms I really didn't know anything about, and I was like stunned that they they knew more about this than I ever knew, even up to the moment, because I just don't study that world. It's not something I, I I'm seeped in knowledge wise. You know, now I see and I do as a uh, uh, you know as an analyst, but. Uh, what do you think of that that story coming out of New York? Well, I you know first and foremost, your the way your child learns about sexual education, I believe, should be at home. It is the parent's responsibility. Amen. Um, I also do not believe that we should just assume that children are going to be sexually active. I think we have lost the art of teaching about waiting until marriage. Is that always going to work? Absolutely not. But I think there is something to be said for guiding children in the right direction, regardless if they follow. And so I think we've also lost that in a lot of households. That being said, what does an eight-year-old really understand about a hormone blocker? Does a does an eight-year-old understand that Tylenol reduces the glutathione levels in your cells and reduces the uh, and increases the amount of inflammation in your body that can extend a cold or a, a flu? No. Are they going to understand the science behind that? No. So why are we discussing a, you know, hormone blockers with this age group? I mean, they're just getting to the point where they realize there's a world outside of what, outside of what they can physically see and touch, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like developmentally, they are not, they're just getting to that abstract thinking. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. These are not developmentally appropriate topics at this, at this age, even, you know, even taking a five-year-old and trying to teach them 
about Indians in the in the Southwest when you live in Pennsylvania um, is not going to they're not going to really comprehend it because their brains are not developed that way. But here we are talking about gender identity. You know, it's just not feasible. It's not it's not right. It's not not developmentally appropriate. And nor is it appropriate for schools to be discussing this this and taking the issue on. And really, this is a parent's job based on their perception of the world, based on what their life is and how they want their kids to be sensitized or desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, I hate to say, even if I disagree with the parent, it becomes a parent's choice, not That's a right. choice. That's right. That's right. I totally I think everybody would agree with you there. Um, you know, I I. Um... The, the conversation gets a little murky is what happens. And uh, I'm just thinking about some friends and people I um, know uh, around the globe that potentially uh, have a gay life or, uh, you know, some other means. And, you know, I've always gotten along well with them because I don't it doesn't matter to me. I don't wear that stuff on my sleeve, nor do I wear any of that stuff. It doesn't. Again, if people would keep their personal life personal, fantastic. But I don't need to know what goes on in your bedroom, and I don't need to know how you live your life specifically. But don't force it on the kids, damn it. Stop pushing it on the kids. Uh, that's the problem here. And, you know, the, a lot of these case points I have here, I, I just mentioned um, New York, but, you know, there are all these crazy states, Washington State. I mean, Oregon, that whole, that's gone off the deep end here, whatever's happening out there. Uh, I don't know what what they're doing. In New Jersey, same thing here. California, it's those same states that are pushing an agenda that is horrific for the kids and, and all of it. So here to get to the crux of it now. Uh, so don't you feel that, first of all, we're on a path here. I, I think it's probably safe to say we're not going to be able to put this back into the bottle. We're not going back to the 60s and 70s again. It's not possible, uh, right? I mean, we're it, the evolution of life, we've evolved and changed. They call it social change, in fact. That's the words for everything. Social change, it's just all, you know, part of the fabric of well, we're getting better at this thing or something, what have you. I, I don't know. Human beings are becoming weirder as I get older here, I have to tell you, Dr. <laughs> Stem. Really, they are. It's a weird species. Yeah. I can't really identify. Of course, I come from Pluto. Pluto, keep in mind. So I, I'm not really of this world, but you know, what the hell? I play along, you know? Um, so, <laughs> so let me ask you, um, with all of this happening, uh, which I asked you, where does it stop? I guess the crux of it, I'm thinking, is we can't put this back in the bottle of life. It's not possible. It's out here now. Now, people who are fundamentally secure in their life and their being, really are perfectly good with anybody living their life. They're not trying to be judgmental. They're not highly opinionated about somebody else. They don't want to talk to the kids in the libraries. They they would prefer life to be somewhat civilized in this way. And the rest of it can be. And, you know, I mean, but we don't have to raise a bunch of weirdos and people who are pushing uh, the, as you call it, the, the law of nature uh, in yeah. ways that it was not designed to be. So, uh, to as patriots as as lovers of life, I don't know what else to call it. I don't want to get the as the political conservatives, but it's not even that really. But people who really get it, um, do you think we don't push back enough? Do you think we just? I, I get a sense we keep taking one more for the team, like one more. Yeah, okay. And they and the more I started actually the conversation today that way, didn't I? The more they want, the more we give. The more they push, the more they want. The more we give, the more they push. The more they want, the more we give. And where yeah. the hell is it in? 
Well, you know, a couple a couple thoughts to that. I think there's kind of in a in a playbook. I want to say it's maybe Solinsky or something like that. The idea is you say something extreme and then you you push the dial just a little bit because then it doesn't seem extreme. And so I think that's really what we're experiencing. You know, you're absolutely right. We cannot put the genie back in the bottle, but we can go after some of these these um, laws that are trying to be created. And so I'll bring up, for example, a case in Florida that was just delivered where, you know, a lot of states are trying to limit minors from getting counseling for any of the gender identity issues or attraction issues. And we're seeing this across the U.S. And so we have a little bit of a win there in Florida. They're because, providing counseling, you say? Counseling? Yeah, they're, they're trying to limit counseling for minors. Oh, wow. So if you see that your child is kind of leaning towards one direction, like, you know what, maybe we should talk to a counselor and see what is happening. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes it's asso- actually associated. If you go back to um, Freud and some earlier psychologists, you see it's actually associated with um, other traumas that have happened in life, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times counseling is is needed. But if you look at Florida, they just had a really interesting um, court decision. It was a, it's the 11th Circuit, and which means that any state within the 11th Circuit, and there's 12 circuits across the U.S., um, are going to have this decision. And basically, it was Otto versus City of Boca Raton, and it was a, a three-judge panel, and they basically said that minors will be able to get counseling. And so I think that's really where we have to go is say, okay, you know, we're not going to, so counselors were losing their licenses for trying to help some of these kids mm-hmm. that may have been in traumatic situations. Mm-hmm. And so when we allow these counselors to actually get to the bottom line, we're really helping them um, psychologically. And then from there, let's say they get to 25 and, you know, they're still that, they, they still want to transition. Who are we to say not, but at least get them help and understand what is happening at those, at those beginning stages. And so this was a huge win, um, within Florida for for any state within that circuit. I love what you say there. And the, the fact of the counseling, but also the fact that what you just said is, is beautiful. Like, so if they get to 25 or 28 or whatever, and that's what they want to do, well, then you support them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's perfectly said. Uh, so, which means that you and I are not against any of this specifically if you're making it with a uh, an adult mind and you know who you are, right? Is that correct? That's, you know, that's correct. I'm certainly... You know, I'm I'm clearly when you read my articles, I, I'm a Christian. I am a, a God believing Christian, and my job is not to go out and to judge non Christians, right? That's not why I'm here on earth. My my job here on earth is to simply live my life in a way that glorifies God's name, and that doesn't mean I don't love someone. It, you know, it's, it's not my business. Now, if someone comes to me who's a Christian and says, you know what, I'm having an affair on my husband or wife, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, that's that's good. Go ahead, do that. That's not my job as a Christian. Um, and so you really have to know those lines, who you are, and and understand that not everyone's going to agree with you. You're never mean. You're never unloving. Um, but we are, as adults, we have to live our lives, but we also have to face the consequences of those decisions that we make to live our lives. And I think that's the most important thing that we can realize as human beings. Awesome. But, you know, as far as children, not, you know, not fully developed, not even having the ability, developmental ability to think through things, completely inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. You know, every time I talk with you, I come away uh, with a jump in my step and you really have a good way to uh, preface the discussion, the argument, the debate and look at all sides of it. 
Uh, I think listeners really appreciate that about you. Do do me a favor, please. Uh, keep your fantastic writings coming, will you please, at American Broadway? <laughs> <laughs> right? I will do my best. Yeah, <laughs> you do well. You you hit it well. You always hit a good. Uh, you're trying to no. I I like it because you're always you put the problem out there or the challenge out there, even if you will, and then we talk about it. Right. Right. Yes, absolutely. And you have to look at things from all perspectives, all perspectives, because if you don't, do you truly know what's going on? You know, when I read economics, I'm reading the left side of economics and the right side of economics, because if I don't, I don't have a full understanding. And so I think that's important for all people, open debate, open discussion, Mm -hmm. you know, love people for who Mm -hmm. they are, but let's talk about it because it's those perspectives that really allow us to make good decisions in life. Mm, wow. Wow. That is exactly the basis of what you described there, Stephanie, of America Out Loud, was to bring all those opinions and thoughts to the table. In fact, that's always been my mission in life. Uh, you know, that's what I thrived in. And I'm very open minded to having any conversation. I, I'm not closed minded to anything. But I love that to be able to bring because see, that's what I look at as America is a diversity of thoughts. It's a, a diversity of ideas, a diversity of thoughts, a diversity of people, a diversity of humankind. You know, what I, that's the beauty of America, isn't it? It is. And that's you know, that's what was so amazing. We are the most diverse country on earth. And yeah. because of that, the cultural, um, the, the, the cultural melding, that melding that kind of happens with everyone that allows us to see different ideas, different ways of living. We just are more accepting across the board because we have an inherent ability to understand that not everyone is living just like us because we see it on a day-to-day basis. And so it's just destroying the fabric of America when we don't allow these discussions to happen. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Stephanie Coxon, thank you for joining me here on The Voice of a Nation. And until we talk next time, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, What a great voice for freedom, friends. And uh, just just awesome here, Dr. Stephanie Coxon. Now, don't forget to look her up on the platform and... um, Again, under Menu Nav Bar, you can see a lot of her writings and the work she's done. Uh, And that latest piece, again, uh, let's not forget, is um, a a really good read. Gender Assignment Diminishes the Order of Natural Law. And she just handles it with such class. That's why I like that sort of a a, a communicator, an analyst, if you will, that can handle a a complicated story like this with some class and dignity. And I think she handles that real well. That article is, again, under her name in the Nav Bar or on the left sidebar under notables, uh, which we usually use that area to identify different pieces we're talking about on talk radio and so on and so forth. So anyways, uh, that's that. Well, as we continue on here on The Voice of a Nation, I got to tell you real quick, as you listen to the program here, there's still time left. But it's 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 going fast here. You have a few days left. That's the deal. Uh, And that is to get immune super boost from healthy cell Uh, immune super boost. It is an incredible product. Uh, And uh, right now, to celebrate America's independence uh, in the month of July, uh, you can get uh, Healthy Cell for 50% off the month of July. So if you're hearing this in podcast after the fact, it might be too late at that point. But in July here, 50% off. 
Uh, you got to use the code America50, America50. There it is right there. And you go to HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud or click the banner ad back at America Out Loud. You'll see strategic partnerships. All They're all clustered right there. So you can easily find them. And they're just great partnerships we have, uh, things that benefit our lives, if you will. Now, this immune super boost has vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. Well, you get the picture. Uh, this will help you with your immune system in ways that uh, uh, it, that are profound for your uh, balance of life and your, your healthy immune system is so vital for all of these viruses, superbugs, whatever it is that's gone. God only knows what's happening out there. Monkeypox, uh, gorilla breath, uh, giraffe harem. I mean, who the hell knows what's coming next? I have no idea, but I know I'm going to have a healthy immune system. I'll have half a battle to fight it. They have a whole host of great products, by the way, they're a healthy cell. Uh, so America 50 for the 50% off. And if you're getting REM sleep or focus and recall and your first time listener uh, to go to there, you, you can use the code out loud and get 20% off all your other products. So it's a fabulous product. And the only place you get those discounts, by the way, is here at America Out Loud. That is the place here. The other thing I don't want to forget to tell you real quickly, I haven't been able to mention in past days, Cofix RX. What a product. You hear Dr. McCullough and I talk about it all the time. It's fantastic because it works. It's a nasal hygiene with povidine iodine. That easy travel bottle goes into your nose and it'll get the pathogens, The again, those superbugs, the problem. See, that's where it harbors in our nasal area pr predominantly. Then the problem with the whole COVID e episode is it gets into our respiratory tract. If it gets into the respiratory tract, then it gets into your lungs. And if it gets into your lungs and it gets into your deep lungs, you could be in trouble. That's where you might end up on a ventilator. Or pro that was the problem with COVID, actually. As I've stated many times, and I told McCullough just the other day, if we gave every person a, in, in, the, in the country a bottle of this nasal hygiene uh, early on in the pandemic, my golly, we would have saved countless lives and nipped this thing in the bud. But no, they wanted to do this other thing, whatever, push a vaccine, a horrific experimental vaccine on the public. Don't get me started there, friends. You know what I think about all that. Anyways, um, listen, it, we all got to make the decisions that are best for us. CofixRx.com forward slash out loud. 20% off again is the out loud magic. See, it's cool in an out loud world to get an extra discount there. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause here as we uh, get on to a couple of messages here, and then we'll join you on the other side and bring this all to a head here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, 
elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off any order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off. Let the silent voices be heard. It was the rallying call that started it all. It's a wide spectrum of programming, from world and political news to societal and cultural stories. Six amazing years of news blogs, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. Thank you, my fellow Americans and to my friends around the globe. It is a privilege always to be with you. Every day I turn that microphone on, I count my blessings. I really, truly do. And, you know, in this life, when you're doing what you love and it's simply not work, which is why I do this 24 seven and I never have to work a day in my life. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Uh, yeah, you say it's a lot of hard work. Well, we're moving and grooving to the to the beat of life, as I always tell people to say, how are you doing, Malcolm, today? Well, I'm just grooving to the music of life. Whatever that is, that's what we're doing here at America Out Loud. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I really dig Dr. Stephanie Coxon up front in the program, and she just really parts the words just right. I love when you can get into these complicated, deep conversations, uh, to be sure, but you're able to do it with some class, style, and dignity. I think that makes a world of difference. And it allows us to talk about anything, as we said, and I think we put that into the proper context up front. I hope you agree with that. Love to see your opinions and your thoughts on this when it does go to podcast. Remember, all our shows go to podcast uh, about the day after on the entire network and we have a lot of content here as you know uh you know i remember as a young lad uh in the advertising business that always tell me uh, i didn't know what it really meant at the day but they'd say hey, content is king content is king and and that that thought lived with me over the years and then later on now i know what that means content is king and boy we have lots of content back at america out loud and it's terrific we have the best writers all over the globe the best shows uh, they some on talk radio, some go straight to podcast. 
You can find that all back there at AmericaOutloud.com. Please enjoy the platform and, and do share the out loud truth and let people know that, you know what? The out loud truth is alive and well, and it's right here. Uh, so this is called free speech. The, these are opinion-based, but it's free speech. People can talk again, as I always say, ladies and gentlemen, but we can discuss these things. We can put it out there uh, in ways that uh, we can comprehend, understand, little bites at a time. Uh, this conversation today uh, about the transgenderism, but more so uh, the pushing on an unsuspecting public. There are still a lot of people in our nation who have no idea this kind of business is going on. And it is outrageous. Uh, it it uh, It's hard to put into context. I'll tell you the truth. You know, I think back to what my mother would say today, who she's no longer here, but uh, mom would just flip over all this. I'll tell you what, she was the, she, I, just one of those remarkable people you could talk to and always gave you the truth. That's where I probably got a lot of this from is the truth. We always have our upbringings from our parents and those we lived around, right? My mother was always a truthful person, would always speak the truth. It may not be the truth you wanted to hear, but it was indeed the truth. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I didn't want to hear that truth as a kid, but I got it. Full lock and barrel. There it is. Uh, but now I appreciate that, having grown up with that. And the, the lessons that I learned from mom uh, are so important. It's a different world environment today. It's different from when that we were kids, friends. I, I think the big crux of this is... And I asked, you know, Dr. Stephanie Cox on that, uh, this, uh, you know, how much is too much? Where does it stop? That was the question, right? Where does it stop? You know, where does it end? Because I really believe the more we look the other way, the more we give, the more they want. I made that pretty clear with you at the end of the conversation uh, with uh, Dr. Stephanie Cox, and I won't do it again here, but... It just is the the rule of the rule of law here is they they want and want and want. So I think that's really what we need to focus on is I think they've crossed the line now is my suggestion to you. I think they've crossed the line specifically when we get into some of what these states are doing. They pushed way too far, and now. This is where um, I always call it Middle America will have to stand up and push back and say no. You've gone too far. You're not going to have this. And, and you're seeing that with some states. But are we seeing it enough is the big question. I mean, you see it with some red states that push back. Are we seeing enough? And it really is a, a, a teeter-totter game. It's a seesaw game of, you know, how much is too much and where's the scale at this thing? Um Joining me on the back side of the program here is Alana Friedman, an intelligence analyst always and, and part of our team here at America Out Loud. Ilana, how much is too much, this this scale that is tipping? And you know, I hate to put it in the context of red state, blue state, but it is a lot of that when you look at the way these states have lined up uh, in their local jurisdictions and politics uh, in a horrible uh, agenda of uh, controlling people's lives and pushing a horrific agenda out there. How much is too much? And what what can we do uh, further to further Dr. Stephanie Coxon's conversation to push back? Are we making enough progress, I ask you? Well, I, I, I think what's happening is that we are seeing a, a movement that is intruding on our personal lives to the extent that it's actually trying to make life decisions for our young children. And that is something that is so far beyond the pale that I, I, I think it is tremendously damaging 
to our our entire culture. But I also have the feeling, um, and it, it's my opinion, that life goes in waves. You know, the wave sign that goes up and down and up yeah. and down. You see that and, in a sports game. Exactly. Well, you see, no, not that that kind of wave, but 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 uh, the kind of wave that 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 you see um, as you follow events, it, things get very hot and very involved. People get it very involved, and then they lose interest and they go on to something else. Uh, and that's that is something that happens in life, and it happens in history. Right. So you see, for example, if you go go through our history world history you see wars and then you see peace and then you see another war and something breaks out somewhere else but the point i'm making is that i think we are at the the nadir of of one of these curves we have really we're really scraping the bottom now when when we know that our kids go to school and they're being taught that they can be something other than what they are by nature and they have teachers who these are the people they're supposed to trust and we've taught them to trust their teachers and their teachers are telling them you're a boy well you don't want to be a boy you can be a girl sure you can let's see how we do this or and you can then, be a frog or a turtle they say right or something well, else or a cat right? and, a and cat. this is the and this is the the thing i i think it we're already see beginning to see a a change in the wave in in the sign curve, it yeah. goes. It's been it's down. It's about as low as it can get. I don't know how you get any lower than where they are, but it's going to start turning up because people are going to start objecting. You know, the very first time I heard about this kind of problem yeah. was about I think it was about fifteen years ago Very in nice. Lexington, Massachusetts. A parent, a father, objected to the fact that his kindergarten child was being read stories about uh, homosexual parents. Hmm. and uh, so-and-so has two mothers or something like that. Hmm. And he didn't want, for religious reasons, he did not want his child to be exposed to that. And he objected. And first he demanded that, or he requested and then hmm. demanded that his child would be, that, that he would be notified if his child was going to be exposed to that and he would keep him out that day. Yeah. Well, the, the school objected and they ultimately um refused to let him into the building not even for teacher parent conferences and when he threatened to take his child out of school they threatened to take his child away from him and turn him over to this is what they do they're, they're bastards this is what they yeah. do you and know in the, in the old days alon it was a simple thing on your premise there you remember the you remember that little song that little ditty we'd hear hello mother hello father oh, yeah. right? you remember that now it would <laughs> yeah. be Hello, Mata. Hello, Mata. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mata. Yeah, Alan, Hello, Alan Sherman never expected that, but <laughs> that was his song originally. Yeah. But, but this is this is a problem that we are now facing. But what we're seeing is that where this one man couldn't fight the system, we're having parents rise up against the system, as we saw in Virginia. And we are going to. I think we're going to see a wave moving in the other direction which is going to, and, and it's going to create a confrontation because uh -huh. these people are so embedded. Yeah. Um, they are so determined to that their way is right and everybody mm -hmm. has to accept it. Right. And this is something I have always objected to the LBGT, et cetera. Well, know, they push uh, their ways on you. And, you know, I have some very dear friends uh, that I, I, I think they're terrific. I love the people just as I do. And, you know, there's been a disconnect lately because, 
they, well, they're pushing that agenda too far. But, you know, I, I actually want to say to you, and I, I think, and listeners will know I've, I've I've um I've brought this point up a few times before, Lana, and that is this. I actually looking at this thing and stepping back again, which is where I like to be at 30,000 feet to look at the problem. You know, a lot of this stuff, as I referenced to Dr. Stephanie up front, a lot of this stuff is being done in the closet. What have it's always been here. I mean, this stuff didn't happen yesterday. Uh, you know, same sex uh it didn't just start. It's been happening, you know, again since the garden the scene, you know. I'm not yeah. sure it was even Eve or Adam and Adam, but the point is it's, it happened shortly thereafter, <laughs> I'm sure, you know. It is, well, what is it again? It's a national soap opera is what it is. We've become a national soap opera. Um, you know, that is, why do we have to know everybody's business? Why do we have to know their preferences or their sexual preferences? It's just like, a lot of people that, you know, they always want to remind me that they're gay, or there's something else. And you know what? I, I don't really need to know any more than I go around saying that, you know, I'm heterosexual or that I do this or that. It's none of their damn business, uh, my personal life, nor is my their business my business. Uh, I don't want to know this from people. It's not necessary to be in the public purview. That's all I'm saying, people. I mean, keep it, you know, go back to, you know what? Bring the closet back. I'm sorry, kids. Bring the closet back. I know that's not a politically correct thing to say, but you know what? I don't really give a rat's petunia. Uh, bring bring the closet back and keep your personal business where it belongs. We all don't need to know what you do and how you do it. And for God's sakes, please keep this away from our kids. Now, that's all we say, whatever it is and whatever. Do you live your life? Let, let it all hang out. Do whatever, man. Hey, freedom lives, right? As they say here. Uh, what an interesting conversation. I, I think we put it into context here in ways that is important. Go read that op-ed again, please, uh, from Dr. Stephanie Cox on Gender Assignment Diminishes the Order of Natural Law. It's on the left sidebar, under Notables, on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com, or under Dr. Stephanie Coxon up front there. My fellow Americans, thank you for joining me on a mission of a lifetime. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.